Welcome to that time of the week, ladies and gentlemen, the Not The Top 20 podcast betting show. It's Ali Maxwell and it's George Ellick on the line with me to go through the EFL slate ahead of the weekend and to pick out our selections. Uh, This podcast is for over 18s only. We would ask that uh, you be gamble aware and understand the risks around gambling. So head to gambleaware.org to find out more. George, uh, you're right, mate. Having a good week? I'm all right, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm. I'm absolutely very well, thank you. We haven't seen each other good. since uh, Tuesday day. night after I dropped you off back towards home. Uh, a, a victorious evening for Oxford United, uh, beating Sunderland on penalties in the Carabao. But uh, that sort of has worn off already because you were so angry with the draw, Oxford home to Man City. You almost refused to record this podcast today. Yeah, not happy. Um, it just sounds a bit spoilt because we're in the quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup, but we played them last season. Uh, we did incredibly well to only lose the game 3 0. It's going to be very cold. It's going to be just a long trip to go and watch us get beaten. Um, and uh, basically, I think any other tie uh, in the whole of the draw would have been preferable, um, given that, uh, you know, City away would have been fine because it's a fun away there in Manchester. Every other draw, I think, would be almost winnable. Um, but this is the one that we've already we've already had once before and we're going to go out and it's just a bit of a shame. I'm looking forward to Phil Foden's performance at the Kassam though. Uh, are you expecting me to drive you up there again? Um, yes, if that's all right. Okay. I hadn't uh, really thought about it yet. Right, okay. I'll have to check my, uh, have to check my schedule there, but uh, I'll check let you know. Diary. Um, okay. I, I it's not for a couple of, it's not for six weeks, is it? It's not for a, a many a week, not till December. I, I had a bit of a stinker on the betting show last weekend. I'd like to apologise for anyone who... Uh, followed me in on any of those. Me and Port Vale, that relationship is absolutely done. Done and dusted. Uh, Good week for you, though. Two of your four picks got postponed, annoyingly, but the other two were winners, Preston, eventually, and uh, and Mansfield. So very good from you. And good week for the new uh, tie-in with Odds Checker, wasn't it? What a start from the lads. I know, yeah. So anyone who missed last week, we've got a new deal with Odds Checker where we're providing... Uh, a few exclusive tips over the weekend, um, and I'm afraid you have to download the app in order to find out what they are. Why are you afraid? So. It's, a gr- it's a must-have app for any punters. It is, but use the link. That, so if you go to the Not The Top 20 Twitter account, um, and there's a pinned tweet at the top, use that to download the app, then you can read all of them. Um, and yeah, well, our first pick was James Norwood to score first, uh, which landed straight away after eight minutes at uh, 130. Then we had Ben Rama each way eight to one um to score first so that was a bit of profit as well so five points in profit over two bets and i think there's gonna be loads this weekend because we're gonna do a bet for each of the sky games and one first goal scorer in the three o'clock kickoff so make sure you do it if you don't have twitter the link is bit.ly forward slash oc app tip um that is bit.ly forward slash oc app tip and um yeah hopefully we have a good weekend Okay, but we're also providing plenty of selections on the betting show. Starting, Obviously. Starting with our best bets of the weekend. George, what's your nap? My nap is Sunderland minus one at 10 to 11. Ooh. Um, at home to Southend, and I'm excited. Um, it's, I mean, I'm finding the continued malaise of Sunderland fans quite surprising because since Bill Parkinson came in, they um, had that. Brilliant, brilliant win at home to Tranmere, which I think was the way that most Sunderland fans envisaged League One being every week. Uh, Tranmere 
aren't up to much. But let's be honest, <laughs> uh, they're still um, a lot better than the South End team are, despite Sol Campbell's arrival. Um, since then, they went to Shrewsbury and were very unlucky to lose 2-1. They created plenty of chances in that game, plenty of good chances, hit the woodwork a few times. And then you and I saw them live on Tuesday, on Wednesday night, sorry, Tuesday night at, at Oxford. And you could just see straight away. I mean, I've seen, I saw Jack Russ's team play three or four times live last season. I saw them play a few times on the TV last season. I watched them extensively. And this was just a far better drilled team than the one we saw under Jack Ross. Straight away, you could see that the way, I mean, I know that Sunderland fans are frustrated to see them set up with five at the back, but Oxford could get very little change out of them. They pressed so well through midfield, not giving the ball playing, uh, you know, the likes of, of, of James Henry, Shandon Baptiste, any time on the ball whatsoever. And then the tactical switch in the second half to take off Lynch, who was very, very poor, and bring on Luke O'Neill at left wing, um, made a, a huge difference to the game. And, and for the last half an hour, they were by far the better team. Uh, McNulty hit the post with a very good chance. Uh, Power missed a very good chance late in the first half. Uh, McNulty scored the goal. And generally, they probably, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm happy to say they deserved the win over the 90 minutes and were unlucky to go out of the competition. Um, straight away, I'm seeing that in Parkinson, they've got a manager who's going to be so much better for them than, than Ross ever was. And this is another terrible game for Sol Campbell to come into. I mean, it's a baptism of fire, hosting Ipswich on, on your first game and then going up to Sunderland in your second game. Uh, they weren't much better against Ipswich at all. I don't, I don't think Southend had a shot until about the 60th minute. Um, they did, of course, score a consolation goal towards the end, but it was as comfortable as you'd expect for Ipswich on the road. So given that Sunderland dispatched that Tranmere team 5-0, given the attacking players they have at their disposal, um, yeah, I think this is basically a, ma a, a max bet because they are not going to sit on their lead. This is not the Sunderland that we knew before who were going into games, gave grabbing a goal and looking to, to hold on. Um, this is a different... Uh, kettle of fish entirely. Uh, McNulty and Grigg provide fantastic goal-scoring options against um, a pretty weak defence. What more? Maguire. I mean, there's so much talent in this team now. And I think they've got the manager to make it work. And um, yeah, I think this is a huge, huge price at 10 to 11. Nearly doubling your money on Sunderland minus one. George Ellick and Sunderland AFC, a happy union. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I can't argue with any of that. My nap is also in League One. It's Fleetwood to beat Bolton away from home. Uh, we saw Fleetwood play at Coventry the other day away from home. And while they lost that game, they looked a good side. They looked a comfortable side for the most part. I'm willing to put that last half hour collapse uh, in which, to be fair, it's not like Coventry were creating chance after chance, but they did get back and get ahead and win that game. Um, I'm going to put that down to uh, a switch from Mark Robbins. Uh, I'm going to credit him uh, and Max Biamu, who came on and helped to change the game, a switch to three at the back, which I I don't imagine Joey Barton saw coming because it was basically the first time Coventry have really moved away from that 4-2-3-1, 4-3-3, um, short passing, possession-based style. So happy to put that one down to a, a bit of a blip, but I think in general this is a good Fleetwood team. They're a good away team as well they're well set up to play away from home they are in defense and in midfield very very solid um hard working and they're just not a team that gives away too many chances going forward they've got a few different ways to hurt you Kyle Dempsey in midfield is, is proving himself to be a, a threat from from midfield sort of advanced number eight role uh, but you've also got the well the Ched Evans Paddy Madden options uh, you've got the the wide men, Morris, Burns and Hunter as well. So lots of options for Joey Barton. It's a team that I like very much uh, per Fox Punter data. They are the second best away team 
in League One this season, according to the underlying numbers. Uh, and Bolton, while they've got harder to beat since Keith Hill came in, since Keith Hill and David Flickcroft were able to put together this whole new team, um, they haven't had much luck, really, because they're, they're desperately decimated by injuries. And given that they were only able to sign, you know, pretty much 11 or 12 senior pros, they've now got, again, four, five, six of them out injured and it's really affecting them. So um, at the time of recording, uh, it's unclear exactly who's back and who's out, but pretty confident in saying that Josh Earl will be injured, uh, that Crawford, who was injured in midweek, will be out. Uh, Bridcut, we know, will be out. There's very few fit midfielders in the squad. Basically, Jason Lowe, Luke Murphy... Uh, the youngster Sonny Graham uh, and James Weir, who Keith Hill substituted after about half an hour of their of their leasing game in midweek against Man City. So obviously not too impressed with him. At the back, uh, Zuma's been really struggling in recent weeks. Keith Hill again coming out and making that very clear that Zuma, although he's a fan's favourite and, and although everyone recognises he's stepped into a difficult situation, uh, he is struggling with League One football. And I think that you know, someone like Ched Evans, someone like Paddy Madden is not the man, uh, is not the strike duo for a, a, a young defender to come up against. Uh, Wright, Jake Wright and Hobbs, we haven't seen much of them recently. It's not that clear where they are, why they aren't playing. So um, issues for Bolton, really. That's my main reasoning behind this. I was there a couple of weeks ago when they lost to Rochdale. That You know, they started well. They started with plenty of endeavour and intent, but they really ran out of steam, really ran out of gas. And that's not surprising given the, the thinness of this squad, given the makeup of the squad. It's either desperately young players or ageing players, really, who didn't have much of a preseason. So I don't feel too good about Bolton this weekend. Uh, I do feel good about Fleetwood being my nap. Uh, 1.83, I think, is about as good as you can get at the moment. But if you download the OddsChecker app using the link uh, in our pinned tweet, then you'll make sure you find the best price for any selections. Uh, what about the next best, George? Yeah, next best, uh, Leighton Orient at 6-4 to four to beat Morecambe. Um, Leighton Orient, of course, with their new manager, Carl Fletcher, in place, who... Um, I mean, it's, it's hard to really make much of, of that appointment so far, but this is probably more about Morecambe, who have, of course, lost Jim Bentley, uh, Mr. Morecambe, who's, who's moved to Fylde. Uh, Kevin Ellison um, is one of the two caretaker managers. It's, it's impossible. I mean, you'd assume, knowing his character, that he will um, be looking for some passion from the lads, but it's hard to really know how he's going to improve a Morecambe team who are very, very poor. And I think that, that the timing of Bentley leaving is probably quite significant because this is or should be the easiest of the great escapes that he's managed with the one um, relegation spot. But I think he knows the, the task that's at hand here because Morecambe, as ever, kind of bottom of all the of all the data tables, but also just really struggling to put anything together, struggling to score any goals, uh, struggling to keep any clean sheets. Um, it's it's a really difficult time for them. Um, Leighton Orient have been better on the road, I would say, this season uh, than at home. Um, the Plymouth result aside, where they lost 4-0, but they went to Grimsby and beat them 4-0. They went to Cobblers and beat them 1-0. They went to um, Mansfield as well and got a result, whilst also drawing with Exeter and Salford. So they're a team pretty happy on their travels. Um, and I mean, I'm, I think that they are at worst a mid-table team as well. Um, I think most teams against Morecambe should be pretty heavy favourites, whether that's home or away. And there's very little between these two in the prices. Are, are you telling me that you don't believe in the redeeming qualities of a Kevin Ellison, Barry Roach management duo, or rather interim management duo? Not, not really. I mean, I don't really see why. Why, If Jim, if, if Jim Bentley is as good as we think he is, I, I'm not really sure why a, a new um, 
inexperienced caretaker duo will uh, will do anything to to help them out, especially in the short term. Um, so yeah, at six to four, I think I think Orient are, are quite clearly the more likely ones to come out come away with this with a win, given what they've done this season and the players they've got at their disposal. Um, and yeah, I think they'll I think they'll do it. So six to four. Or in my, my next best. Hard to argue with that. Uh, for my next pick, I'm just going to adapt a well-known Terrace EFL song. And it goes, Marching on together, we're going to see you win and record over 2.5 goals in the match. Uh, and oh, it's, my God. Yeah, and it's Leeds, right? And over 2.5. That's what they'll be singing at Ellen Road this weekend. Uh, they're at home too. I reckon that's the worst thing that's ever happened on the podcast. Yeah, what you always there? say I that. Wish, I wish you could see my face just then. I wish, um, you would just, I wish you would just let me live sometimes. You put me off doing anything like that because you always react like this. And it's, to be honest, well, it's deflating. You've, you've got a better voice in that as well. So it's a shame to hear you kind of... Yeah, anyway, carry on. We're in the entertainment industry and I'm just trying to provide a sum, okay? Yeah? yeah uh, Leeds yeah. are at home to QPR. They're very short to win the game, but I'm confident that they will. And I'm confident that there will be goals in it. Why am I confident? Well, we went and watched QPR against Brentford on Monday night. QPR disappointing in that game. Uh, My main takeaway from their side was the first half, they appeared to have somewhat of an inferiority complex, which I thought was disappointing in such a derby game, especially um, given they're above Brentford in the league table. But Warburton, perhaps spooked by what he knows to be a... Uh, a, a club who do things the right way in Brentford and a style of play that he clearly subscribes to having been such a big part of, of Brentford's development in the last decade or so and he really set up his QPR team um, yeah, with, with that sort of inferiority complex and not playing to their strengths that was quite clear and, and it was a shame um, there's such a big difference between QPR's defensive capabilities and their attacking capabilities that is reflected fairly strongly in the goals against column they are in eighth place and they have conceded 26 goals that is the most goals in the championship which is remarkable ridiculous but uh, it's you know it's not unlucky either they are very poor defensively they're just quite porous and not that difficult to play through um, the back line while while I like Ryan Manning I think he's very good going forward and when they played a wing-back system, I thought he was pretty perfect at left wing-back. Uh, as a left-back in a back four with a little more defensive responsibility, I'm not that convinced by him. Um, but while I like Leisner as well in the centre of defence, whether it's Grant Hall next to him or Barbe, who missed the game through injury, I'm not convinced by either of them. Uh, and Rangel looked a bit slow, a bit ponderous, uh, and he, you know he is just in the coming towards the end of his career, I think it's fair to say. It feels like he has been for quite some time now um so defensively really poor and i and i'm absolutely convinced that although we know that leeds are frustrating their fans especially when it comes to games at ellen road when it comes to racking up the goals or scoring any goals to be honest um i guess what we've noticed is is opposition game plans are very much to defend deep defend narrow make sure that you you clear the clear the crosses and Hope for the best, really. Hope that Bamford keeps missing big chances. And uh, I'm not sure that QPR, given the strengths that they have, which are in the final third of the pitch, given the weaknesses that they have, which are in defending, I just don't think that's going to suit them very well. So this, to my eyes, comes down to Leeds scoring a goal in the first half, in the first half an hour or so. That's been a big issue. They've only got two goals in the first half an hour of matches 
this season. That is simply not good enough. But they are creating chances. We know that. Um, I think they will create a good chance or two in the first half an hour or so. And if they take it, I'd expect the shackles to come off somewhat. I expect them to coast to victory and I think they'll rack up a few more goals. Um, QPR will have to go for it if they go behind. And we saw bees on, on Monday night. They could pick them off uh, fairly easily. So uh, there's also a chance why it's an overs bet uh, as well as a Leeds win bet that I think QPR could get on the score sheet with the quality of easy and Naki Wells up top. You know, there's no question that those two alone are good enough to, to fashion a good chance or two. So uh, Leeds in over 2.5. Hopefully uh, that'll be the new song uh, at full time at Ellen Road. Leeds and over 2.5. I think it's 2.2 was the best I could see on the Checker app uh, earlier. What about the last next best? The next next best, if you will. <laughs> Cambridge to beat Crawley at 11 to 10. Uh, me and Cambridge, again, um, looking for third time lucky. Uh, well beaten at Northampton last time, but I still think there's enough in this Cambridge team that's going to see them go on a bit of a run. And we saw in that Exeter game a couple of weeks ago just how good they can be um, when when it all clicks. Whereas Crawley have, have just fallen off a cliff, really, um, and have to deal as well with the disappointment of, of taking the lead against Colchester on Tuesday night and ending up being beaten 3-1, um, which physically and probably emotionally will be quite tough to take for them um, with that big, especially with Colchester um, during... Uh, Manchester United away in the next round of the Cup. Um, they were well beaten by Swindon as well, of course. Owen Doyle showing what a good striker can do against this Crawley team. And having been pretty positive on them early in the season, um, something's definitely changed for, for Chioffi's team. Cambridge definitely lack that good striker. Um, Sam Smith, for all of his kind of nice touches and his work rate, is not, I don't think, going to be a striker who anytime soon will be prolific. Um, not to say that in the future he can't become that, but... No, he's not. Um, he's not an Owen Doyle. It's fair to say, but I, I think they create enough chances, and they've got enough about them um, in midfield, especially with Rolls and Lewis, um, particularly impressive at times. Um, that, yeah, I, I think there's enough about this team that, that they could be pretty good. So, um, and they're taking on a team who who are treading water somewhat. So, keeping the faith with Cambridge, eleven to ten to beat Crawley uh, on Saturday. Crawley having suffered somewhat of a choffy come down after the initial caffeine hit of August and early September. Uh, my final uh, one of these is Portsmouth to beat Oxford United. Uh, 2.5 is the best price Good. I've seen at Fratton Park. Great news for you. Great news <laughs> Good, for Oxford mate. United fans. Um, Oxford looked pretty tired in the second half on, on Tuesday. Uh, it was a tough game against Sunderland. And they've not been helped, as you have been talking about a lot, with uh, some of the injuries that have accumulated over the last few weeks. Um, I'm not going to go through them all. The main one being Cameron Brannigan, whose departure has, or whose injury rather, has concerned a lot of Oxford fans. We know that Shandon Baptiste is a future England international, um, or potential England international, uh, but he doesn't necessarily, he's not currently as good as Cameron Brannigan, although he has plenty of qualities. His touch was very poor in, in, on Tuesday night. We'll need to be better if he's to help this Oxford team in the ways that he can. Um, uh, yeah, just, I, I basically left that game just, I'd already decided that I was going to back whoever Oxford were playing this weekend in some way without even necessarily knowing who it was. Um, Portsmouth at Fratton Park. It's, a, it's on a knife edge, the atmosphere at the moment. Um, and that is not a good thing for this selection. But while the fans fume at Kenny Jacket, and understandably so with the results being so poor 
compared to expectation. Uh, the raw numbers are still okay. Uh, they are still pretty good, and they do still think that uh, that, that this is a, essentially a top six team based on the chances they create and the chances they give up. Uh, that is clearly no respite to fans who are disillusioned with more than just the results, with the style of play, with the substitutions, uh, with the general demeanour of the manager. There's plenty that they are holding up as issues at the moment. But just based on Oxford's potential fatigue, what I think will be a, a fairly tired Oxford team, not down to bare bones, but missing some key players uh, against a Portsmouth team that really, really, really need to get three points in any way possible. Uh, it's not as strong a selection as uh, as the Fleetwood Nap, uh, Fleetwood Mac, Fleetwood Nap, and uh, probably not quite as strong as the Leeds and over 2.5 either, but Pompey at, at 2.5 is my last bet, which leaves us with, what do we call them? I've genuinely forgotten what we call them. The bonus, bonus. bet. Bonus I was going to say the long shot, but we retired Yatsy that. bonus. We, reti- yeah. we retired that phrase last season. What's your bonus bet this week? It's a nil-nil um, between two grim teams. Uh, Carlisle Grimsby? against Macclesfield. Ah. Um, where... I mean, it's it's hard to really know what to say beyond the fact that they're two teams who struggle at both ends of the pitch. Um, Maxfield have picked up points on occasion this season, but looking a bit deeper um, into their numbers, they are a team who, you know, if you're looking, their average XG4 on, on the road is 0.78. Um, they are a team who I don't think are going to cause Carlisle many problems, and Carlisle themselves not a team who find it particularly easy um, to cause others Um on the road, last time out, Maxfield beat Oldham 1-0 in a game that was pretty scrappy, and I can see this descending into a similar affair. Um, but Maxfield probably happier with the point here, given that I don't necessarily know if Carlisle are as, bad, as poor as I think Oldham are. Um, but, yeah, it, it's going to be a pretty grim game. Um, I don't think there's going to be much between the two teams. I think it's going to be low scoring. Um, and as such, I think that the uh, the odds that you're getting on, on a stalemate um, are pretty, uh, pretty appealing. Uh, at nine to one, so nine to one, no goal scorer. So no goal scorer, as ever, means that if you if there's an own goal, you still get paid out. So nine uh, nine to one, no goal scorer um, in the Carlisle Maxfield game. If there is a goal in that game and it's not from a set piece, I will be astounded, absolutely yeah. astounded. But uh, up the nil nil, I'm picking a, a central defender actually this week to score first in an EFL game, which. It's unusual, I know. Um, it's a CB first goal scorer, and it's the Wigan Swansea game. Um, and some people are turning off already because they think, well, centre back goal scorer in a Wigan game, I know who that is. It's Cheyenne Dunkley, um, who's hit five goals for Wigan, including two last weekend, including another brace at some point earlier in the season, and just a, an absurd threat from set pieces, which looks like Wigan's best chance of scoring a goal at this stage. And I am not picking Shea Dunkley, though. I'm picking his friend, Cedric Kipre, uh, who plays alongside him, who trots up when they win a corner. They trot up together in cahoots. And, and so far, it's been Cedric's going to decoy and Cheyenne is going to head home or fire home. Um, but I think this weekend, actually, what I've noticed is that Kipre, he's only played six games this season because he missed a chunk through injury. Um, but he has been getting chances of his own from set pieces. He has already got a goal to his name. Um, but as you can probably guess, the price for Dunkley to score first, considering he's a centre-back, is so short as to be borderline offensive. 
Uh, and in that sense, the man next to him, Kipro, being 40 to 1, I think is quite tempting. Wigan creating chance after chance from set pieces. Uh, and Kipro is going to be up there. He is uh, an athletic central defender who, like Dunkley, can get on the end of these. And I'm looking forward to Dunkley being triple marked and Kipre to benefit at the back post. So Kipre, 40-1, to 1, Wigan against Swansea, live on Sky. Uh, we will also have, won't we, George, a separate uh, odds checker exclusive selection for that game uh, and all yeah. the Sky games this weekend. So uh, given that we've started quite well, as you mentioned at the top of the pod, it, it might be worth, at the very least, downloading the odds checker app using the link in our pinned tweet just to see what we're tipping up. Because you might not like it, in which case, leave it alone. But... If it tickles your fancy, if you like what we're saying, then um, that is certainly something that yeah. we would suggest. And, and as I said, you know, it's free to download and you can do all of your betting through the app as well, which means that you're always getting your best price for your bet. And they're the, the odds that we're talking about on the pod as well. So it makes sense. We don't do many ACA-related stuff on this pod, do we, George? But for those who do like an ACA, I mean, that is... That that those are the people who, if they're not using the odds checker app, really are lunacy. I mean, complete lunacy. I think if I if we were to put together our our six main selections here, um, there would be a huge discrepancy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there'd be a huge discrepancy, wouldn't there, between top price and and median price? So, uh, you know, if you're putting a couple of quid on, then over the course of a six-fold acre, that's gonna that's gonna come out in quite a, a different return. So that's enough of that. That's enough of the betting show. That's enough of us talking to you this week. Um, but we will be back again early next week, looking back at the weekend action, hoping for fewer postponements uh, this weekend. I think it's fair to say. Uh, but already a good week for us, having been at QPR Brentford, having been at Oxford Sunderland. Hope that the entertaining week of EFL action continues. And thank you to George for being so game, even after Oxford's disappointing cup draw. We'll talk again on Monday.